0: Welcome to the Virtually Done podcast. My name is Gemma and I'm the founder of Virtually Done. The Virtually Done podcast is created as a space to start important conversations that are often overlooked and speak to women in business with amazing stories and even better advice. It makes me so happy that you're here listening and I would absolutely love for you to tag me on social media at Virtually Done and let me know what you think. My hope is that you're able to take something away from every single episode that you can action into your business and that you're able to gain an insight into the behind the scenes of what running a business is really like. So let's dive in. the wonderful alice with me who i'm assuming most of you probably know already anyway um, but i'm going to hand over to her and let her give a little intro before we get stuck in so alice feel free to introduce yourself thank you i'm very excited to be here it's always such a
1: treat to yeah sit down and call this work um so yeah if people aren't familiar with me my name's alice benham people call me ab al alice whatever you fancy and my work is all about helping people with their business and marketing strategy so it sounds fancy It's basically just helping people get really clear on where they want to be and then take the action that they need to take in order to get there. So talk a lot about uh, marketing, goal setting, developing offerings, launch strategies, productivity, all of that fun stuff. I'm like a total
0: nerd at heart. (laughs) Amazing. So we actually connected not that long ago when you put out a post about the unregulated coaching industry,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I loved because it's something I think about a lot and it's something that's not talked about a lot. And when I saw you put that post out, I was like, firstly, ballsy, which <laughs> yeah. I love. You just went for it. I actually messaged you and I was like, I'm so glad you're talking about this. Like, we need to do a podcast together. So mm. I guess my first question is, where did that come from? Like, what triggered that, that post and those blog posts that you did?
1: That conversation has been a long time coming. And it's been a conversation that I've been having privately for pretty much the last year. So that, for me, was the moment where it went from internal conversations and journaling and processing to external okay here are my thoughts and feelings i am by no means a gatekeeper in this industry i don't know what's right and wrong but here's my perspective and the hope that it gives people something to think about um and i think for me the conversation began about a year ago i think just when i first realized how quickly the industry of education and coaching and mentoring consultancy you know anything that's selling education really I realized how quickly that was growing and I was obviously benefiting from the growth of that industry. It's an industry that I'm in. I have a role to play in that growth but I was beginning to see the first signs of you know the minority in the industry that maybe weren't doing things in what I believe to be the most ethical or value-driven or kind of considerate way and I think over the last year there's been a number of situations that have kind of just shone a light I guess on that very, very tiny minority, but still a a part of the industry um, where things aren't being done in the best way. And as a result, people are getting hurt from that. And I think from all those situations, I've been having so many conversations with friends in the industry, you know, peers that I work with, and really just asking the question of like, how do we regulate an industry that is not regulated? You know, it's not like Say the life coaching industry where there's a very clear board that you can get yourself registered to and there's accreditations that you can do you know people teach from natural skill set from experience from a blend of education and those things so i think the process of regulation just isn't as simple as we might want it to be i don't in any way believe that i've got the answers but i hope that by maybe saying it first a few people might feel the permission to continue those conversations internally in their businesses because ultimately that's what it's about it's each of us asking the tough questions of like right what am I doing to run my business in the most value-driven way possible and I think that starts with yeah an internal conversation before it becomes anything external
0: yeah and I think that's a huge thing isn't it when you've got some sort of following whether that's on Instagram or anywhere else you have the ability to start conversations Mm. and I think it's important that you start the right ones so even by you just sharing your thoughts on it you know, even by saying, you know, I'm not an expert, I don't have the answer, but here's my thoughts. You've started that conversation that then mm-hmm. triggers all the other conversations with other people. Did you get much hate? <laughs>
1: Good question. Uh, yes, is the easy answer to that. Could it have been a lot worse? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, there was a response to it that, of people that didn't agree with it. Some of that response was very healthy debate and conversation. I think it's a broken solution, honestly. Like for me... the the solution that is the long-term sustainable fit I don't think we have right now because we are in an industry that has kind of built itself so there is no board there's no formal regulation we're kind of all trying to create this industry as we're growing it ourselves so I think yeah the people that respond to that and say hey this still feels like quite a complicated and nuanced and hard to measure way of regulating the industry I'm like I know because that's what, like, it's so many different factors that we're trying to control in order to raise that standard. Now there was then some response to it, which were people that didn't want to have that productive conversation. And that's not, you know, you kind of just have to realize that they're doing their own thing and that comes from their own experience and maybe what's going on for them. Um, But yeah, over the last six months, kind of hate or just negative response has been a new experience for me and something I'm still, yeah, figuring out how to respond to and kind of live with, I guess.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, it's almost inevitable when you're starting those conversations, isn't it? That Mm -hmm. it's easy to not start the conversations and avoid the hate and the horrible comments that obviously no one wants to get. But at the same time, by starting those conversations, you're just being you and sharing your own thoughts. And you kind of have to weigh up, like, how much do I share? How much am I okay with getting hate on? And Mm. I think it's such an important topic. And I think it's especially important to those of us who really, really care. You're totally right. It's because we care so much like that.
1: That's why seeing people hurt and manipulated by this industry upsets me. It's not because, oh, how is that gonna affect my business? It's primarily because, well, these are real people whose lives, and I know some of them personally, like have been really negatively affected by some of the icky stuff going on in our industry. And I think anytime we're questioning, hey, are we part of that problem? Or what can we do to not be part of that problem? That's uncomfortable. Like it did feel, it felt more comfortable to just be doing that all internally and not be acknowledging it externally. I think that takes each of us educating people, taking our own action. And yeah, I think trusting that this industry can be what we have seen it can be, which is brilliant and incredibly impactful and yeah, an amazing space. So that's where it comes from for me. I just care about people, love this industry and don't wanna see it become something that I think I don't want it to be, if that makes
0: sense. Yeah, makes total sense. Talk to me about the AB method. Let's, let's go on a completely <laughs> other topic here. So in the online space, it's quite common to have like a second income stream, right? It's quite common for people to be like, I want a second and third and passive income and all those things. But I feel like you've kind of nailed it. And obviously I'm looking from an outsider's perspective. So you might be like, definitely haven't nailed it. But the way that you have teamed up with somebody to offer something that is still applicable to your audience, mm-hmm. but it's a second income stream. I think is, is an amazing way to do it. So talk me through like how that came about, how that happened. First of all, thank
1: you. Those are very kind words. I'm glad you like the products. Um, Easy answer is no, it's not as perfect inside as it is outside, but I'll get to that part. Um, Yeah, I mean, I do take a step back and I'm like, flip. I think I worked out the other day, there's like 13 income streams in the business. And for context, this time last year, I think there was two or three. So it's like, It's not always been this way, I promise you don't wake up with a business that looks like this. Um, So the AB method, that's been something that I've been doing without calling it the AB method pretty much since I started my business. I've always been pretty type A, very organized. And for me, I always say it's not organized by nature, it's organized by need. I first stepped into business when I was 17. So I was thrown in at the deep end, running different social media accounts for corporates. And I think that was my first experience of like, right, if I am gonna stay somewhat sane, which I didn't because I burnt out, but I tried my best, uh, I'm gonna need some methods, I'm gonna need some processes here. And I just begun to develop what is now the AB method, which basically just revolves around staying really focused on the big picture, but allowing yourself to be quite flexible and intuitive in how you're going to get there what I noticed in the small business space is it felt like there was two options like right I either have a five-year business plan and I'm boxed in and I figure out what I'm going to launch in 2023 or I wing it and I just you know kind of join in with this whole narrative of like every day I'm making it up and I'm just seeing what happens and neither of those felt right to me because I think our businesses are at their best when they are intuitive and responsive and flexible but that doesn't mean to say we have to feel chaotic and not have that long-term vision in place because without long-term vision, how do you take action that is going to actually move you forward? You're then just kind of reacting rather than responding. So I developed this method all around setting yearly intentions, breaking them down into quarterly goals, and then breaking those goals down into action. Um, it was something that I always taught with my clients, did in my business. And then my brilliant friend, Polly from Sci Studio. she came on my retreat and then we just kind of built a relationship from there um I can't remember who said it first but she always wanted to create a productivity range for business owners she is a um stationary and homeware shop and I was like well I you know that sounds like the coolest thing ever I'd love to have products so about this time last year we kind of started the planning process and it was yeah good nine months of a lot of work and then December of last year we launched the AB method collection which is wall planners desk pads um Yeah, to help you implement that method and basically just organize your time well. So I think the whole like, how do you develop those income streams? I have never sat down and been like, okay, I haven't got passive income or I haven't got a product or I haven't got something in that price range. Things have always come from a very intuitive place. So it's been a conversation with someone that sparked an idea or a client has asked for something from me and I've been like, oh that's something that I could offer in there or it's just kind of snowballed into an idea. And then I've been strategic of like, right, what gap does this fill? You know, How does this fit in with all the offerings and services that are already happening? Um, but yeah, it does feel a bit mad that it's gone from, I think three to however many it is now um, over the last year. And it's definitely not perfect behind the scenes.
0: It must be really surreal seeing your, like when you do Zooms with people, seeing your like wall planners on the wall behind them.
1: Um, yes. It is, it is very cool. The reason why my voice has changed, it just is what we were talking about before we hit record, where I don't know whether it's because it like it's kind of hard to take in, like I can't properly comprehend it. Yeah, I do see it and I'm like, that's really cool, amazing. But I think probably there's a slight self-preservation thing. Like my biggest fear is being arrogant or turning into a dickhead. Maybe someone's listening to this now. she's already there. I hope not. Um, but I just like never want to. Yeah, I don't know what the right wording is for that. But yeah, I do look at it, and I'm like, it is cool, and it's a, it's such a privilege to help people in any way. And actually, that's what I've loved about the products most is that it's made a little bit of what I do so much more accessible for people that who might not, you know, they might not have ever wanted coaching, or it just might not have been something they were able to invest in so yeah to think that it has helped so many people is really cool I don't want to sound ungrateful it's just yeah I don't know hard to take things in sometimes
0: yeah and for context for people listening before we hit record we were talking about the fact that sometimes the things that you think are going to feel huge or sometimes the things that other people think look huge from an outsider's perspective Mm. don't feel the way that you thought for example um I recently won a business award And if you'd have told me that that was going to happen a year ago, I'd have been like, wow, that's huge. And my family were like, that's amazing, like really proud. But from my point of view, and again, not wanting to sound ungrateful, but it was like, well, I put the work in for the last X amount of years to get that award. It's not like I suddenly did something yesterday. It's been a process. And actually some of the more sort of day to day things like having this conversation with you or getting an email from someone I really admire or connecting with someone amazing or having a really good coaching session. Those things make me feel a million times more excited mm-hmm. than getting an award that someone else has chosen for me. Does that make sense? No, that hits the nail on the head. And
1: that's, that's so it, because when you see, so I might see someone else getting a, you know, they just launched a product range and I would see that and be like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. That's the best thing. Everything must be so happy. And I think what what you forget is when it's your experience you've been working towards that for months so it doesn't have that euphoric because so, it's not a surprise it's like yeah. yeah i've planned for 9 months and spent a lot of money and time developing this product range so of course it's live like there's kind of a I think you expect euphoria but euphoria doesn't come from expected results and in business you're very often working towards an expected result and I think as well, you know, there's always so much going on behind the scenes. Every win, everything shiny sits next to a pile of challenges and failures and things that are going wrong in stressful situations. So I think it's also when you're in your own business, you kind of see everything together. But, and I know we said this before we hit record, I think it is a reminder for every business owner I was chatting to a client about it today, like you still got to make sure you step back and celebrate and praise yourself because we can I think especially as we're quite ambitious as entrepreneurs we go from one thing to the next and to the next and we we don't really ever take the time to celebrate ourselves and to enjoy what it is that we seem to be working so hard for and appreciate that but yeah I think when it's
0: your business it's always quite tricky to do that it's got to be an an intentional thing and we're like our own worst critic right so Mm -hmm. someone will say you know it's really amazing that you've got a podcast and you're saying, yeah, it's really exciting. But in your head, you're thinking, but it's not perfect. And I haven't done this. And I need to redesign yeah. the podcast cover. And I haven't got the views I expected. And we almost have so many, like you say, things going on behind the scenes that sometimes they kind of counteract the success that everyone else sees. And I yeah. think that's something that's not really talked about. So when you are an entrepreneur and you see everybody else celebrating their successes, you think, well, when I get there, I'm going to feel good too. I'm going to be on a yacht in Hawaii or whatever. And then you get there and you're like, oh, this doesn't feel how I thought it was going to feel. Mm, Yeah, I think we attach, at least
1: uh, I speak for myself here, I attach a lot of future feelings to very binary measures of success. So I'll be like, oh, well, when I get a podcast sponsor, when I hit 10,000 followers, when I get this regular income, every time I get those things, like absolutely they represent something that I'm really proud of and really excited about, but they don't come with, happiness they don't come with contentment they don't come with confidence like all all of those other things those are those come from within and those are things that you've got to have with or without the shiny stuff because pinning and I fully speak this because this is what I do like putting you know when I get that thing I will feel this way you're just then in an endless cycle of chasing something that isn't going to give you whatever it is that you want and I think I've got to catch myself I do that. A lot
0: <laughs> yeah no me too and I also think there is an element of almost positivity that comes from that because if you are just excited about a podcast sponsor or a number of followers I think that would perhaps suggest that you're focused on the wrong things whereas yeah. I know that like speaking from you know me and you from what we've said already we really really care about the impact we have on other people so actually I would much rather have a message from one of my clients that says, Oh my God, I did this today. You know, I'm celebrating this than have an extra 5,000 followers. And so, actually, I think sometimes it's a good thing that those things don't mean as much because it means that you're still kind of in line with your values and your mission and exactly what you want to achieve. Yes.
1: Yeah. And I would say like stats are an indicator of success, but they're not a measure of them. And I think, yeah, having that kind of detached relationship where it's like, Yeah, that is cool. Like, I'm really proud of that. But Here are the things that really matter to me. I mean, ultimately, then that gets you building a business that is actually impactful and sustainable, like same as you, I would way rather get a message from someone saying, hey, the wall planner has helped me to achieve more in q1 than I would have done in a year. That means more to me than seeing it in 20 people's homes on a zoom call because it's it's the impact over just the kind of metric if that makes sense so yeah i'm fully with you on that one and i think that's that was a huge learning curve for me in my first few years of business i just pinned everything on oh when i get you know when i've made it when i I don't know what i meant by made it but i just had this idea of like there's a point you get to and then everything's easy and great and whatever and absolutely as a business begins to succeed some of your anxieties and fears go away but if i've learned anything they just get replaced with new ones that are even scarier because they're now about the next level of success or sustaining what it is that you've built and I think in running a business you kind of got to learn to love that process and not yeah I definitely expected one day all of that challenge was going to end I'm so glad it didn't because I love it now but yeah don't look at the shiny people the shiny things and think oh
0: when I get that because yeah from experience it doesn't work that way Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because I've worked with some clients who struggle with like imposter syndrome, for example, and they think, well, when I'm successful, that will go away. Yeah. It doesn't go away. You just compare yourself to, to different people. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, completely transparently, and I said this to you earlier this podcast episode, I felt anxious because I was speaking to you, which I know to you probably sounds so ridiculous, but I think it's important to be transparent. You've had a podcast for a lot longer than me. And so in my eyes, I'm like, well, I'm the newbie here. I don't know what I'm doing. You're the expert. And that caused me some nerves. And I said to my partner this morning, I think that's a really good thing because it means that I'm pushing myself to do something that is a little bit out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And that's not always a bad thing. I think that is a sign of, of growth. And I also think it's important to not only recognize that, but also to speak about it because a lot of people don't speak about those things and they assume mm. well, get this amount of followers, this amount of money. And you have no stress anymore you don't have worries you don't compare yourself everything's fine i don't think that's the case at all it just changes and like you said yeah. you get used to reframing it and seeing it as almost a positive thing rather than negative but it doesn't just go away so true oh my gosh this is something i
1: wish everyone could just get and i wish i could hear it time and time again it's like the the people that you might look up to and we all have people in our head when it's like who's your person I think we do ourselves such a disservice when we assume that they don't experience fear, imposter syndrome, anxiety, whatever it might be, because then we think, okay, well, I'm not going to take action until I don't feel all of those things. And it was such a moment for me when I realized, oh, successful, and again, successful completely depends on what your definition of success is, but successful people don't live without the fear. They just learn to take action with it there. And that for me was a huge realization of like, oh, if I keep just waiting for this fear to pass, I'm never gonna start. I kind of just have to learn how to live with it. And I think it's obviously not as simple as that. There are ways that you can minimize its effect on you and kind of lower the volume and make sure it doesn't have that, um, yeah, kind of paralyzing effect. But yeah, the people you look up to, they're not exempt from feeling those feelings. They're just have figured out the ways slash probably have more of the privilege as well that's a big thing to bring into it um to yeah take the action
0: regardless sadly it doesn't go away (laughs) no no i know right but i think a, a really good thing to do is to have business friends friends in the business world who you can have those open conversations with because not everyone is going to be ready to go on Instagram and say, hey, I had a really shit day today. Here's everything wrong in my business. And I don't think that's necessarily what is needed. Mm-hmm. But I think you do need to have that space and those people where you can be open and honest and say, this is what I'm struggling with. Because something that's changed for me over the last you know, couple of months, especially, is that I started talking about those things with my friends. And then they said, yeah, I feel the exact same way. And it was like a light bulb moment where I was like, oh, everyone feels like this. We're just not talking about it. Rather than thinking oh my God, I'm a disaster. My business isn't working because of X, Y, and Z. Everyone else has perfected it. Yeah. You just need to have those conversations, which is something I was wondering about you, which you've kind of answered already. So when I saw your AB method partnership with Polly, I was like, how does she know so many people? (laughs) Because you also know Vix, who I know. And I was like, she just knows everybody. And I was wondering, did you have business friends to start with? Or did you know nobody? And then you just made friends along the way like what was your process there?
1: I knew absolutely nobody for about a year and a half two years it was one of the biggest reasons I think that I burnt out after my first year in business was because I was so isolated I didn't have anyone else to lean on I didn't have people to tell me that I was maybe doing things in an unsustainable way even the simplest things you know hey guys what would you recommend I use for this client or what would you do if you're in this situation or is this normal or should I sort this out I didn't have any of that and I was also 17 so incredibly naive and definitely still am but worse so um and just you know completely unaware of how to do things and then I it was definitely a process as I kind of stepped back into business post that burnout like right I need to get around some community and I understood that my personal friends um my boyfriend at the time my family like they were fantastic but they there was an, there's an extent to how much support they can give you because they don't get it. And I think we've got to manage our expectations sometimes as well with how much support we expect from those people when, and I know some people have, you know, partners or friends that really do invest the energy and really do get it. And that's amazing. In my experience, my home friends and my home friends, and they care about my business as much as I care about their corporate jobs, which is a bit, but you know, I don't ring them for an hour and talk about the nasty instagram message that i got and what i should do about it. So i think that was where i realized community was so important and i began obviously there's no like three step plan to making business friends but for me it started with getting myself into some communities. So i was very intentional about being in a membership and really investing my time and energy into that and kind of building those relationships. I think we can look at other people that have a quote unquote network and we think that they just get it one day or you just decide one day like yeah we're going to be business friends but like any relationship like it takes time to build so being very intentional about finding the people that i resonated with and connecting with them and not doing that from a place of you know if i comment on their instagram post maybe that will help me in the algorithm i've never understood that train of thought Um, it just came from like right i i want to hear what you have to say and i rate you like let's connect and then honestly the biggest thing when i look at all my work friends now the biggest thing that built my friendship with them was that they came on my podcast Like I genuinely think if you want to make mates, start a podcast, because even if it does nothing for your business externally, which I doubt it would, it wouldn't, it will do so much for it internally, because suddenly I had this platform where I could ask, um, so even like a few people I've met through the podcast, Polly, she was through the podcast, my friend Jess, Vix, Fee from She Can, She Did, she was through the podcast, Chloe Slade, Chloe Williams, like literally all of my work friends have come through me inviting them on the podcast because I had this kind of in of like, instead of, you know, you wanna go and grab coffee, which you can absolutely still do. It was like, oh, do you wanna have a conversation on my podcast? And that felt like an easier ask. Um, so yeah, I think it's kind of like any friendship, you have that little starting moment and then it's just nurturing it and building it from there. And now I couldn't do life or business without them. Loads of them are now like some of my closest friends kind of in general, both outside of work. And yeah, they are invaluable for the amount that they support and listen. And they really help me as well to put boundaries in place with what I share online. You mentioned that of like, Instagram isn't always the place like Instagram isn't therapy. And there's an extent to how healthy it is to be vulnerable in the moment. I really believe in vulnerability and the importance of it. And they kind of help me get to a place where I then can maybe talk about it externally. So yeah, game changers can yeah. honestly my business would nowhere near be where it is now without them both because of how they've supported me and
0: yeah I've got like services and products for most of them as well so it's always good I fun. think you um you've highlighted a couple of really important things there so firstly I completely agree with you on when it comes to sharing stuff on Instagram take a step back first and look mm. at what you're sharing before you do it because I've seen so many examples where people have been angered by something or someone's left a certain comment and they've gone straight on their Instagram. Very angry not their typical them that you want to share with everybody and then the regret comes later on because they think actually I was in the moment I was really angry and I probably shouldn't have done that while I was feeling that way Mm -hmm. so love that you've said that and also I love that you mentioned the Instagram engagement thing because somewhere along the line it became the thing to do to like like x amount of photos and comment on x amount of photos I don't even know um and I feel like sometimes people forget that you actually have to make real connections And that just going and liking someone's random photos and leaving X amount of comments doesn't count as a friendship. And you Mm. wouldn't do that in real life. And it's like, people forget that that needs nurturing in the same way that you would a a real friend. Mm. And it doesn't just happen overnight. You need to put that genuine effort in because I don't know about you, but when someone comments on like a certain amount of my photos and there's no real connection, they're like, I see straight through it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just going to message that person and be like, hey, do you want to be best friends? Yeah. It takes more than that. And I think sometimes people forget that in the online space.
1: Yeah, it takes time and it absolutely takes it coming from the right place. Like genuinely, I think one of my biggest tips to succeed in business is to be kind, like just be a good person. When I think back to how the kind of friendships that I have now were built, we were just kind to each other. We were supporting each other. We were reaching out when something was going wrong, even if you didn't yet have that relationship where it was a given that you did that. And I think it's going into it for the right reasons, like absolutely friendships in business, both in terms of how they support you and how you can collaborate and build each other's businesses are amazing. But if you're ever going into it with that in mind, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Like don't build strategic Well, you could build strategic partnerships. I think that's something you can do strategically. But like strategic friendships, I just don't see that working out because it doesn't have a genuine desire to connect with that person at the heart of it. And I guess, you know, there is a difference there. I've got people who I partner with in my business and I've got people that I'm friends with and some of that overlaps and some of those are separate people. And I think, yeah, that whole conversation of like engage to get engagement. I'm like, oh, like you should just... Follow what you actually want to engage with and the right stuff will come from that. And it's so it's hard, I guess, isn't it? Like how do you make business friends? But I think just kind of simplify it in the same way that you normally would. Reach out, don't be afraid to be the one to send the DM, be
0: a good human, chat. <laughs> yeah. Know. And I think it we we get so lost in the Instagram world sometimes. And I just think if you went to a networking meeting, and you just went around and said like one comment to everybody and then sat there on your own and expected friends it wouldn't work like that if you
1: ran around and you were like love your dress that was so great (laughs) hope you had a good holiday like what's your new name like so cute like no relationship and those can be if they're you know they can be little markers in helping to develop a relationship but yeah I think it's knowing that that's not it's not a strategy but even thinking about there being a strategy to making friends I'm like that's yeah, maybe not the right way to go about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so two questions before we finish up. First one, what would you go back and say to Alice on day one of business? If you could give her one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, okay, I'm going to do a really surface
1: level one and then do a serious one. The surface mm-hmm. level one, which is actually not very surface level, it's save for tax. I did not save for tax in my first year of business. I was met with a many thousand pound tax bill that I could not pay. Total privilege, lived at home. My parents could sub me. I've now paid them back. But, like, oh my lord, that was one of the worst experiences I've had as a business owner. So, just put aside money for tax straight away from the off. Learn about it. And then the second thing, which relates to what we're just speaking about, actually, would be let people in and tell people what you're experiencing and what you're struggling with in that first year i didn't have any community i didn't even family and friends they didn't really know what was going on i just shared the highlights reels with them you know and i got that tax bill come through i didn't tell anyone for six months and then it was way worse of a situation by the time i did tell people because i'd felt shame and i would buried my head in the sand and i think being open with challenges is tough like i have a real superhero complex and i see it as weakness and i have to really Learn of like, no, actually, vulnerability is strength, and letting people in makes things so much better. So, yeah, I think I just wish I told people more what was going on and not bought in, which I did in the early days, which is funny because I'm now so anti it. You know, don't buy into the whole you've got to present this perfect shiny business, like, tell people how it is. And actually, as soon as I started doing that, that was when the business growth really took off because people actually resonated with me rather than just this super shiny ridiculous message that I was putting out there
0: yeah love that so much agree with everything that you just said um could have said it word for word myself apart from the tax bill which has always been my biggest fear you know and I think this is the only reason I put aside excessive amounts for tax because (laughs) before I even started a business I was like I can't because I'm gonna have a massive tax bill that was like my number one that was your thing (laughs) yeah so I've never had that situation but because I was so stressed about it I've probably had just as much stress as you did just worrying about it even though it didn't happen oh bless you i mean it's a weird thing isn't it that we pick up and stress about (laughs) yeah and money is a whole topic
1: within itself that i think there's so much weirdness around but hey if you save more than you need you then get a little present at the end of the tax year that's like the best thing ever so
0: like a bonus yeah okay so biggest frustration in business right now which i love talking about because it comes back to everything we've said about the fact that business isn't isn't easy for any of us just because it looks shiny doesn't mean it's perfect what's your number one thing right now that is driving you a little bit nuts
1: in my business or in the industry i'm in both okay so in the industry i'm in which is my forever frustration would be the lack of transparency so lack of transparency around Um, how privilege plays a role in our ability to build businesses, lack of transparency around the shiny stuff. You know, I see another, I will help you to make 10k a month post without any consideration of what that actually looks like and the glamorization of those kind of milestones and those goals and the assumption that we should all have a level of success that looks the same is so frustrating to me. Could literally go on about it for hours. So I think that would be my industry one. And I hope to just be a little part of that change by being transparent with my business and yeah, showing people what's possible, you know, 10 K months, 10 K followers, whatever it is that people like to, feel inspired by, but partnering that with all of the information of like, well, this is how much profit, you know, here's the profit that actually came from that. Here's all the failures I went through to get to that. Here's the sacrifice, you know, and it's not about disclaimering it. It's just being honest about the whole picture and acknowledging that there is so much more The shiny stuff that we often get shown. So that would be my frustration in the industry. And then the biggest frustration I think I face in my business, which I think is very telling by, like I said, how many income streams I have now, is knowing which is the right step for for me and being able to put the blinkers on and ignore not only all of the options of what I could do, but also all of the other things that other people are up to. I get major, and I think it's just a season I'm in right now. I've never really had it before, but super. Um, like shiny object syndrome, comparing myself to other people. And I think right now I'm just really having to put the blinkers on and be like, no, this is our next step. This is the thing, like trusting that I do know what the right next thing for my business is and kind of just ignoring all of the other options. Because I don't know if you get this, but it's like the best thing about running a business is that there's endless options. But sometimes that's the worst thing because it's like, I just want someone to tell me exactly what to do next because it feels like there are so many ways that this could go so yeah I think that's going to be a big one for this year
0: yeah it's a blessing and a curse isn't it that you have the ability to do whatever you want in business and that you know you come up with so many ideas so many things you want to achieve but how to focus when you have so many ideas like I'm at the point now where I have my quarterly plans and then I have a separate crazy idea board so any of those wild thoughts that. that come up at like three in the morning they go on my crazy ideas board and I'm like okay I'm going to revisit this when I'm in a sensible mood and be yes. like, is this something I actually want to do? Or was I just having a moment? Because yeah. they come up every five minutes. I'm like, oh, now I want to start this business and I want to open a shop and a cafe. And I'm like, okay, I'm just having a moment because I had a really nice coffee, a really nice coffee shop. Mm-hmm. I don't actually want to open a cafe at all. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's so common I think as well with, with business owners because we're usually so creative and we're so passionate about what we do. We want to do everything. And I don't know about you, but I sometimes forget that I'm still in my 20s. Like I've still got so many years to do all of the things. I don't have to do everything right this second. Yes. And it's about, yes, allowing your crazy ideas to come through and focusing on the things that you're really passionate about. But at the same time, balancing that with if I try and do everything right now, I am going to exhaust myself. And I'm going to do nothing. Yeah. And massively, that's it for me is realizing actually
1: doing all the things is going to be the failure of not only myself in terms of my well-being and everything else, but also of my business, because what I'm going to end up building is this business that is super vague, super unclear. There's so much going on. People can't understand it. And I really have to remind myself of that on a daily basis at the moment of like focus in. And I think, I love that idea that you have that board because I think you do still want to give airtime to those thoughts and ideas. Like I would be miserable if I didn't let myself run off into those tangents and come up with those crazy ideas. But yeah, I think it is then questioning them and going, right, can I do this in a way that doesn't completely change whatever it is that I'm currently building? Is there something in this that I do want, but I don't actually want this crazy idea? So like recently I was like, I'm going to move to Bali and I'm going to work from Bali for a year. And I was like, okay let's process that when we haven't had a glass of wine and what I realized was like oh I'm just craving some adventure and some variety so I was like oh well I'll go to Bali for a month maybe rather than a year and I think sometimes it's coming in with that more rational brain and being like well how do we get a bit of that so that we still feel excited and fulfilled but we don't just keep I think for me it's that like whiplash effect where I if I had my way and my logical brain didn't click in I would be kind of jumping from one thing to the next. And it would feel chaotic to me. So 10 times more chaotic to everyone else, which when you run a business, it's quite important that people
0: can get what's going on. Yeah. And that that was so important as well, like looking at what is it about that thing that you want? Because I had this, I think it was yesterday, I was on Instagram. And I saw that someone had launched like a new side to their business. And straight away, I was like severe jealousy, and I was like, hang on a minute, this isn't me. Like, why am I feeling like this? Yeah, and I had a conversation, and I realized that actually there was a certain element of her business that I had been thinking about for years and hadn't done. And then because I'd seen her do it when I hadn't, I was like, oh, and it was it wasn't that I wanted the exact same business. It wasn't that I didn't love my current business. It was just that I identified something that I did want that I didn't currently have. And then I was able to be like, okay, how do I bring that in? And I think it's really important that when you do have those, like, moments of jealousy or moments of comparison look at the thing that you're looking at what is it that you actually want from that and how can you bring that in without completely getting rid of what you're currently doing and switching and pivoting altogether? because sometimes it can be a really small thing that you can just really easily bring in yeah and
1: i would say to anyone listening to this who's like well how do you develop that like kind of gut instinct i think that's where knowing your purpose and your why and also your values really strongly comes into play because the way I see like that central point in your business, you know, what's your why for others, what's your why for yourself, what are your values, is that then that creates your compass where then when you have these ideas, when people present these opportunities to you, you're not just having, you know, it's like, I don't know if you've seen the film up, but the dog in up that just whenever it sees a squirrel, it's like squirrel, like that's me with ideas. And I think when you've got that strong central point, you can take everything back to that and go, right, does this align with the values that i have does this thing get me closer to my purpose to my mission and it kind of gives you that reference point because i think that's what's tricky when you run a business as well like it's all in our heads no one else is telling us what's right or wrong and we've got to develop that quite strong internal kind of gut instinct which i guess for me comes from knowing those things quite clearly. And I think it takes time as well. Like my gut instinct at the start of my business was abysmal. I just kind of went for it and had to learn in a very, very messy way. And I think the more that you run your business, the better you get to know that like, oh, okay, no, that's not the right fit. Or, oh, okay. Maybe like you said, that is a something in that's right, but I need to figure out what that something is. You worded that so well. I'm going to listen back to this podcast because I always (laughs) struggle to word that like, there's something in that that you want, but you've got to figure out what it is and don't just assume it's the whole thing.
0: Yes because I think sometimes you can completely pivot and think oh that's the thing that I'm jealous Mm -hmm. of I'm going to go for that instead then you get there and realize this isn't what I wanted either and I think in the Instagram world especially it's so easy to do that to look at other people who look happy where they are and think oh maybe that's what I should go for and I think you've really highlighted an important thing there is that if you know your values your mission your vision for where you're going and keep coming back to that you're going to get where you're going eventually but definitely the start of my business I didn't have that and I was just saying yes and no to all sorts of things I felt like I was going around in circles rather than moving forward so anyone listening who's thinking yeah but how do I do it go back to your vision and -hmm. your mission and your values and keep that I used to keep it like on my desk in front of me and anytime a decision came up I'd be like is this in line with where I'm going Mm -hmm. and that used to help me so It's been so great having you. I feel like we could talk forever about these things. And so like such important points as well that I think sometimes aren't talked about in the business world. Mm. Um, So thank you so much for being here. Where can people find you?
1: Well, well, first of all, I'm so grateful that you've had me. I mean, this is like the biggest treat on a Friday afternoon just to sit and chat about these topics. So I've loved it. Um, and yeah, if people want to stay connected, my main hangout is over on Instagram. So I'm at Alice underscore Benham. And I've also got a podcast called Starting the Conversation, which does exactly like you said of what we're doing in this episode, just starts those conversations. I by no means have any answers or final words to say, but hopefully just creating something
0: that makes you think, and yeah, gives you something to think about for your business. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on here. Thanks for having me.